0: Hey guys, it's James Chester here You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast By underagaslitlamp.com
1: Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast Oli Watkins just gets away from him But El Ghazi's behind
0: him And more El Ghazi! 3-0! Emphatic! Traore with Watkins available Traore just passes it into the corner Big moment for him it's young, side, he's slashing it
1: to the net. Here's Douglas wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins. 1-0 Villa. He lets a big clap mate. So... Gather round villains and welcome to Gather Around the Lamp, our Villa podcast by Andre We have a couple of games with mixed fortunes to look back on this week, whilst we also preview Saturday's lunchtime kick-off as Arsenal visit Villa Park i'm andy and i'm delighted this week to be joined by craig
0: yes hello andy hello listener i am here transported into the spring over here in the united states on the east coast it's beginning to get warm and that to me is magnificent i am a summer person and when it starts to get summery i start to get happy 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 (sighs) it's good to know it's, you sound like Steve Bruce when
1: the when you can smell those hot dogs and when the daffodils start to come up, you
0: know, you know the warmer weather's on the well, way. <laughs> it's just a mistake of Bruce. Obviously, you can smell the hot dogs year round. Brucey at the burger vans I don't know what he's talking about, does he? See, he. Presents himself as a man of the people, but when's the last time he had? a Well, actually, probably fairly recently. But anyway, yes. yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll crack on and we'll
1: start with the uh, <laughs> with the more po- positive aspects of the week as as Steven Gerrard's team emulated uh, Martin O'Neill, Martin O'Neill's team of some sort of ten plus years ago with three consecutive wins. All with clean sheets as Villa overcame Leeds at Ellen Road with a convincing 3-0 win. Goals from the three C's, Coutinho, Cash and Chambers sealed the points in a dominant win where we were probably disappointed um, that we didn't actually score more in that game. There were some excellent performances. But I think we should start with uh, our our captain, Tyro Mings, who we obviously were huge fans on on this show, who despite being on the other end of an absolute constant barrage of abuse from the Leeds fans, um, recovered from probably a couple of shaky moments um, to complete another um, clean sheet display and grab an assist for centre-back partner, partner, uh, Callum Chambers. As ever, Mings um, can be a worry at times, um but he seems to feed off this adversity um and in one um and and made the the, the home crowd uh, look a bit foolish in the end um it seems that whoever plays alongside him as well seems to reap the rewards and it's now Chambers turn to to look a slightly unbeatable at the back
0: absolutely um chambers has has come in like a breath of fresh air the uh, chambers and ming's partnership is developing quite nicely i think uh, by for all intents and purposes i think that we see by aston villa's results which are absolutely awful when tyrone ming's isn't in the team um that he is really really important he also is really important to esri konza who is not quite the same player when when partnered with courtney horse um or without ming's i think it would be fair to say that there is there's lots of kind of chatter that um that Konza is, is Villa's number one centre-back, but it's Mings. It's always been Mings. And and, and Mings is still the number one guy. Um, and that's just not my opinion. That's also the opinion, clearly, of uh, Dean Smith, Aston Villa's uh, uh, manager, who took us on a record-breaking 10-game winning run. And also, it is the opinion of former England captain Stephen Gerrard, who has had Tyron Mings as an ever-present in his team. So... The evidence is not to mention Gareth Southgate, who keeps calling up Mings for, for England, and with Harry Maguire's struggles, uh, Tyrone Mings could even be a starting centre back for England in the upcoming fixtures later this month. So we 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 love Mings on this show. Um, I think he he had a self imposed uh, break from uh, social media um, to quote unquote focus on his football. Um, at the behest, perhaps, of Steven Gerrard, or, or in council with Steven Gerrard. And his performances in the last couple of months have been absolutely supreme. Um, he's in a really great vein of form, 29 years of age, uh, just turned this weekend at the peak of his powers. And yeah, those those Leeds fans, um, they ended up eating, eating a nice slice of Tyrone Ming's flavoured humble pie, as he was uh, uh uh the captain of the team which romped to victory at Elland Road. I think I think you get these um
1: certain players don't you that do elevate the the players around them, you know, and make them look better. I was I was come back to the um the argument with John Terry when John Terry played at Villa for that year, you know, he made James Chester look absolutely uh, unbeatable. And he also even even more impressively um, turned Alan Hutton into a into a functioning left back. Um, yes, he did. Yeah, by by just just his just his organisation, his 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 tactical awareness, his, his his just his presence on the field. Um, and Tyro Mings is is cut from a similar cloth, in my opinion. Um, not saying he's 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 as good as Terry or, or you know or, or anything like that, but certainly he has that um, ability to. To enhance the performance of, of the people around him. He did it initially with um Tommy Elphick when he first came in, um, but we perhaps didn't know it at the time. Um, then of course Courtney Hawes had to move to um the right-sided centre back alongside Mings and looked very good there. Um and of course Axel Twanzeby finished that season um alongside Mings and you know looked looked great. Um and since then we've had you know Konza, who has just come on leaps and bounds, as we've seen, and maybe plateaued slightly, but still, you know, a top centre back with a huge future. And now we've got Callum Chambers, who um, has been around the block, in fairness, and played in lots of different positions, and he's just slotted slotted in next to Mings, you know, superbly well, and you know looks lo- looks every every inch the the player that you know that that we all we all sort of thought he was at Arsenal you know he's always had um, you know a lot of pedigree and you know when you get signed by Arsene Wenger you you know mug, are you so
0: I think um, Francis Jeffers might stay otherwise Andy (laughs) but no generally speaking (laughs) Wenger might have the best record of any manager in the transfer market in terms of you know overall legacy incredible uh, spotter of talent I think you're absolutely right
1: yeah, and sign, signing signing players, signing you know unearthed players in in many ways, uh, which Chambers perhaps was at the time. It was certainly a punt, you know, um, to sign him at that age. But um, I just think I, Mings just just has this effect on 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 the players that are playing around him, um, you know, and uh, you know maybe maybe even Matt Target. Matt Target was not a not a good defensive um, left back when he joined the club, and and um, you know. You know, now he's obviously getting rave reviews up at Newcastle, which
0: I'm sure you're delighted about, Craig. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm really delighted now that Luca Dean might be out for a month as well. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just great that we got rid of Target when we did. Thank goodness he isn't dragging us down anymore.
1: <laughs> well, we might come on to come on to him a bit later, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was Villa's se- second half performance, really, which which really caught the eye. Um, it's one of the most dominant displays of the season. Um, Leeds just appeared to to give up really as the, as the, as the half went on, um, uh, you know, and uh, it was, it was Coutinho that had, had given Villa a deserved lead in the first half. After some excellent work by Matty Cash down the right, um, who, who, and it was, it was actually Cash, the, the right back who finished Leeds off early in the second half. Um after a, a, an excellent move by um, by Villa and an, a, a great ball from Ings, um, it, Ka, uh, Cash controlled the ball, cut inside, and, and finished clinically. Um, and it was it was another two two goal goal involvements for Cash, who seem to have seems to have reacted uh, in recent weeks to the rumoured interest from Atletico Madrid. Um, and he's doubling down on on going onto an, an, a, yet another uh, level in recent weeks. Um, in January, I think we all agreed, didn't we, that the, the forty million reported asking price, um, we, we'd probably allow cash um, to go with our blessings um, at that point. Um, but has has that changed in light of the the, the recent performances and
0: the, the goal output and the, the assist output that we've seen since then? I would say all depends on three syllables, Andy. Three letters, if you will, not syllables. And that those those letters are KKH. Kane Kessler Hayden. Now, the Villa Hierarchy, Milton Keynes, Don's fans, as well as fans at Swindon, I wanna say, um, are all speaking really, really highly. Uh, The the Aston Villa hierarchy have long thought that uh, Kane Kessler-Hayden was the heir apparent to the Aston Villa right right back slot. So if you believe that Kane Kessler-Hayden is going to become a better player... And he's going to become a better player sooner than later. When I'm saying sooner or later, I'm meaning probably is going to be ready to be in the squad next season uh, from, you know, August 2022 and maybe be a starter in August 2023. Then perhaps, yeah, perhaps you do. And then perhaps you bring back League 1's superior player and Andy's favorite, Freddie Gilbert, uh, to, to, to kind of battle it out next season along with Callum Chambers, who we know can play right back. Um, so Villa would be covered in that position. If you believe uh, long term that Kane Kessler Hayden is going to be better, and and you and you are prepared to back him, then yeah, you probably sell Matty Cash. But credit where it's due, you know, we we have said on this podcast that, that Matty Cash was had everything there except for his uh, end product. And he said for an interview in AVTV uh, a couple of months ago, which we've referenced frequently on this podcast, that Matty Cash was moving heaven and earth to improve his final ball. And my good God, has he done that. And one of the reasons is he's not hitting the Seagulls anymore with his crosses. His two goal involvements you'll see against Leeds. One was a, a brilliant finish, as Andy already described. The other goal involvement was... He didn't cross and hit the Seagulls. It was that low cutback. And he actually did a similar thing against West Ham, as we'll talk about in a minute. But Declan Rice was was kind of wise to the to the danger and was there to cut it out. But Matty, Cash, Matty Cash's improvements have been incredible. I wouldn't begrudge him a move to Atletico Madrid for £40 million pounds if that is the, the, what's going to happen. I think it could be a move that... Um, that suits all parties. You referenced Arsene Wenger there, and I'm really going to get into the weeds Weeds here. Arsene Wenger had a wonderful Brazilian fullback called Silvino, um, who people may or may not remember, but he was very, very, very good. And he sold, uh, Arsene Wenger that is, sold Silvino to make way for this young player, which no one had really heard a lot about, by the name of Ashley Cole. And lots of people at that point in time thought that Wenger was bonkers. Little did they know he was crazy like a fox and Ashley Cole went on to be arguably the greatest left back England has ever produced, certainly in the top two or three, inarguable. So if we believe that Kane Kessler-Hayden is that kind of caliber of talent, and I'm not saying that we do believe that, then moving cash along could be sensible. But if we don't believe that he's that kind of talent... And Andy, we know that you don't believe that Freddie Gilbert is anything is is fit to lace Matty Cash's boots. Then no, you 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 keep him around and you and you build around it because now Matty Cash has added that third uh, kind of th- third dimension. If he wants, he's, he's looking through his third eye. Uh It is really he's becoming really really elite as a Premier League uh, fullback, and he is looking a snip at sixteen million pounds from Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I think.
1: There, there are two sides to this, aren't there? Really, there's obviously the the fact that you, you've got to you've got to look at the business side of it, um, and you've got to look at whether whether where you feel Matt Cash um, has his ceiling set really, and whether where he's he's likely to get to um, over the next you know two or three years. Um, I mean, the, the, the figure talked about forty million. I mean, does seem. Like an incredible amount for 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 someone like Cash, who's only had one one full season in the Premier League, um, and it's someone who is you know potentially quite limited in many ways. But I just think he's got something. He's got he's got he's he's a superb defender. Um, there's no question about that. Um, I think it, you know who, whoever we replaced him with. Um, would have to go some to to be as good defensively as as, as Matty Cash, um, and if he's adding these this this other element to his game, where he's actually, it's not. I expected him to be when he came in. I expected him to be this kind of buccaneering type um, uh, fullback. You know, sort of bursting runs forward. A bit like, I, I suppose, a bit like a, a better version of of Alan Hutton in many ways um but he's actually turning into a really astute really skillful um sort of operator on the on the, on the on the on the right hand side and um you know he's added some accuracy to his game which which I didn't I didn't really think was there I thought he was you know it was all high energy and and that sort of thing and things would come off sometimes but he's really um he's really added that 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 Level of preciseness to to his game, which which I think is really important, and I think he, he will, you know, he will attract interest um, from from abroad, and particularly um, now he is um, an international himself as well. So I think potentially, I mean, this is one where a few weeks ago I'd have probably said, well, yeah, okay, I can see where we're going with that. Let him go, and we we can we can replace him, but. I'm a little bit more reticent now, and I'll, I'd, I'm really interested to see how he finishes the season.
0: Well, he, I, I agree with all of that. I think if we're if we're talking about Matty Cash as a cartoon character, when he first came in, I think he was the Tasmanian Devil, kind yeah. of herring around <laughs> and leaving chaos in his wake, and now he's become a little bit more of a, a, a Pepe Le Pew. Now I know Pepe Le Pew is cancelled. But, uh, you know, more more considered, more suave and more thoughtful uh, as as an individual. And certainly in the final third, the rash cash moniker that had kind of followed uh, him around in his first season with some of his maybe slightly naive decision-making seems to have dissipated. And the credit, again, really has to go to, to young Matthew Cash. This is someone who fronted up to Villa TV, said that he had some deficiencies in the game and he has been working his balls off, dare we say. That might be the only time I say balls in his podcast. <laughs> He's working his balls off to make sure that he has um, that he has been able to improve and the results now are there for all to see. So the sky's the limit for for, for Matt Cash. I have to say that um, he is, we're going to talk about Luca Dean in a minute, but um, Luke, wh- whatever you think of Luca Dean so far, whatever you think of Matt Target, I, there's no question for me that Matty Cash is far and away the number one fullback at Aston Villa at this moment in time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And probably a shout for for, for player of the year as well at the end of the season, Absolutely, I, yeah. I, I imagine. Um But we'll move on. We must must make um, mention of the the final goal of this game, uh, which was a wonderful strike by Callum Chambers. A ball in from a free kick, and and Mings was able to lay it back into Chambers' path, who curled it beautifully into the top corner uh, to make it 3-0. This added to his his wonderful kind of assist to an assist against Southampton uh, the week before. Um, He certainly seems to be enjoying his football now, but... But should we be surprised at his quality, given, given his pedigree? And and what does this mean now, do you think, for, for Ezri Konza?
0: I think it means that finally we have competition for places. Um, you, you, Andy, always say that you like changes to the team. I've been screaming for competition for places. Villa fans, goodness me, have been screaming for competition for places for years. And now we have competition for places. People have started bitching and moaning about it. Oh, no, well, so-and-so has to play. So-and-so has to start. Why isn't Buendia starting? Oh, no, why isn't Konza starting? Why isn't Bailey starting? We spent all this money on these players. They're not starting because finally, for the first time in years, you referenced the Martin O'Neill era there. Uh, the Martin O'Neill era may be the very last time that we had had any kind of strength and depth to, to speak of. And even Martin O'Neill didn't particularly use his squad. That was one of the main critiques of Martin O'Neill. So for the first time in a long old time... We have strength in depth. So it's not a foregone conclusion that Esri Konza starts. It's not a foregone conclusion that Evie Buendia or Leon Bailey starts or even Danny Ings or Oli Watkins. We've seen them all drop to remove from the starting lineup. Um, the only person, even Tyron Mings was dropped by the previous manager, um, 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 uh, Dean Smith. The only two players that seem completely immune from being dropped is, uh, is, is, is probably Matty Cash, and uh, John McGinn, neither of them have been dropped up to this point and probably Emma Martinez in terms of a goalkeeper, you know, the two outfield players certainly uh, um, in, in, in McGinn and, and Cash look like the undroppables. So this is what we've wanted for a long time. And it's, you know, people say, you know, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. I think that might be the case with some of the fans who are having uh, meltdowns at the idea that, uh, that that Konza might not start for a few weeks or Buendia might not start for a few weeks. Enjoy it. It's good news. It means we are progressing. We don't need to rely on one player anymore. And, we're, you know, how many times have we patched someone up and kind of sent them out into the, into the, into the game not even match fit, not really ready to contribute because we didn't have anyone else. A Villa player that comes to mind actually in that is Jonathan Codger. Um, Jonathan Codger was an absolute superstar in his first uh, season at Aston Villa. And he had a a bad ankle injury. Our mate Brucey, who gets his second mention uh, uh, on the podcast here, uh, rushed him back. And he had a recurrence of that ankle injury, and, and, and Johnny Codger was never, never the same again. And the reason that he was rushed back is because we had no one else. But we're finally moving to a place as a football club where we do have someone else. Coutinho has a knock, no problem. Guess who comes in? Emi Buendia, club record signing. Danny Ings has a knock. Ollie Watkins has a knock we have those two to come in with Archer and Davis tearing up trees in the championship waiting in the wings finally now we have some backup for Esri Konza we have uh, 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 Callum Chambers who's taken this, the shirt so let's just enjoy this as a, as a fan base and it, and and the way that the owners keep investing this is only going to keep on growing and growing and growing so let's start enjoying it let's get used to it and let's think like fans of big clubs think you know, Liverpool fans don't have a meltdown when Firmino's on the bench or when Sane's left out for a week, because they've got the players to come in. We're moving, hopefully, towards that 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 place. We're not there yet, admittedly, but I think it's something for us to enjoy. Long story short, and 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 not to get upset about.
1: Yeah, I wonder where that comes from. Really, that this this kind of hand wringing, I suppose. Of we had it with um, with Ollie Watkins, didn't we? And you know, there was all the talk. You know, last season, I think I think we we spoke quite a lot about it when we were heavily linked with bringing Tammy Abraham back to the club because then you sort of think, well, 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 what does this mean then for for Ollie Watkins? How, you know, this is a player who's who's who we sort of take to our hearts, and he might be kind of cast asunder just by by one transfer. But I suppose this is how you develop a a, a team and a squad, isn't it? And um, I think it, it kinda comes from, from two things. Firstly, I think fans get, get attached to certain players and, and like you know, like certain players, enjoy watching certain players. Um and then of course they worry that if if a player is not in the team, uh not getting games is, is replaced, that they will do a mat target and they immediately walk out the door and um you know I think I think you know that's not necessarily the case because we you know you do need um these squads and you know we we get injuries there's always a lot of injuries this time of year we've got another international break coming up and covid hasn't gone away either yet so you know there's there's going
0: to be plenty of opportunities for all these players isn't there yeah. As, someone, as you say, suspensions, we still have uh, ongoing COVID numbers. The, the COVID numbers in England are increasing again, as we've all seen um, um, in recent weeks. Not to mention that it, it doesn't take much for a player to pick up a knock or a muscle strain. We saw that with Luca Dean. All, of, all, all a player needs to do is for all that needs to happen for Esri concert to be starting for Aston Villa again is for... You know, Matt Target, Matt Target, sorry, Callum <laughs> Chambers or, or Tyrone Mings is 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 to, to 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 break a toe or roll an ankle, and that's it. He's back in. I mean, the, 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 it's not like he's been confined to the dungeons of of, of 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 Villa Purgatory. He's not out training with Darren, Ben Allen, Hutton, uh, <laughs> uh, and Charles and Zogby, uh, you know, Paul Lambert style. He's he's still of, he's still part of the squad. And and the second that someone gets injured or suspended or lost loses form. Conza comes straight back in. It's so one of the great
1: things about making this this Callum Chambers signing, isn't it? As I, I, sort of said, you know, he's he's obviously in the attacking areas. He's obviously showing what he's capable of, um, showing that he is, you know, he is a he's an excellent player. He has got that ability that we all thought he had, um, and despite the fact he's been in a little bit in the doldrums at Arsenal, you know, he's 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 showing that. The, the, the quality he has at both ends of the field. So when you have a player that comes in that makes that kind of impact, they're going to keep the shirt, aren't they? You know, and that's that's only right. That's only that's only fair. And like we said before, yeah, you know, Konza's you know scored one or two goals for Villa, and he's been important an important part of the team. He's been a he was certainly mostly last season. He was he was an absolute linchpin for us. Um, you know, but. You know, sometimes you want something different from your players, don't you? And, and Chambers has come and
0: perhaps shown a different dimension. You know, that, that Konza doesn't necessarily have in his locker. Yeah, Chambers has the shirt right now on on merit. Um, the 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 one critique, the one critique of, of, of Konza that I've had, and I'll, I'll repeat here again, is is the lack of progressive passing, which is I think one of the things where Mings gets. Um, an unfair ride as well, going back to the Mings point, because he has to do all of Conza's progressive passing, because Conza just won't do it. Conza uh, will pass five yards, he'll pass 10 yards, that is it. So, um, whereas Chambers is slightly more ambitious, slightly happier to bring the ball out of defence, and as we've seen with the quality in the last couple of weeks, with the wonderful assist uh, uh, to, well, the pre-assist for Coutinho's layoff to Douglas Luiz, and then the absolute, Top bins, as the kids say, against Leeds. Um, we haven't ever seen that from Ezri Konza. We've never seen an outside of the boot through ball to Philip Cotillo from Ezri Konza. We've never seen Ezri Konza put one in the top bins from outside of the area. We saw one against Watford, but that actually went to Tyro Mings in the end. Oh, so, no, that was unlucky, though. He, that was, yeah, his it was unlucky for him. <laughs> yeah. But even then, that was a different kind of thing. You know, Konza hit that from around the penalty spot. He didn't bang it in the top bins from the edge of the D or wherever. It, anyway. This is good. It's healthy. Enjoy it. It's nice. It's a nice thing. Enjoy the nice things that we have. Yeah, and also these players are versatile, as we mentioned. You know,
1: Konza had a good, had a, a long stint at, at, at right back. You know, if Mac, if something happened to Mac Cash now, you know, the likelihood is he either he or Chambers is filling in at, at right back for the rest of the season. So, you know, there's there's yeah. that element to it as well. You and you and need those players. Yeah, we know.
0: Th- and you can't see in Andy's video, but Andy actually has a shrine built behind it with candles to the three five two. He's pining for it to come back, you see, and so he's praying and 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 you know he's rubbing he's rubbing his his his, his <laughs> what's he rubbing? You know he's 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 lighting the incense back in his in his studio here. Andy is to make sure that this three five two can come back, and if it does, guess what? Chambers and Conzer and Mings will probably play together. Yeah, I'd love that.
1: The more defenders, the better.
0: <laughs> but um, <laughs>
1: um, we'll get on. I mean, it was a it was a it was a fantastic, in fact, fantastic win, and to 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 go on to um you know, to nine pick up nine points in a row, nine goals, and no no goals conceded um, was quite something. Um, but unfortunately we have to we can't we can't uh, dwell on that for too long we can't bask in that glory craig on this occasion because we have to talk about what happened on sunday as well the and the, as the road show moved on to the london stadium um and villa probably faced their biggest test um for a number of weeks against david moyes european chasing west ham who themselves in the middle of um you know an interesting tie with severe in the europa league um, Gerard kept the same team as you might expect, um, and with confidence high, um, and his forward players finally seeming uh, to have added some some potency. Um, with both teams having had uh, good workouts on the Thursday before, the first half was unsurprisingly benign and lacking quality. Um, we have had many discussions. Um, though about the about the, the logic of allowing Matt Target to go out on loan to Newcastle um, and uh, have had obviously dis- different perspectives on this, however Luca Dean uh, his first half injury has called this debate into question again especially considering that he's likely to miss the next three or four weeks leaving Ashley Young now as the first choice left back Um you know, is this looking sort of now like a, a bad decision by Villa or, or does the same, the same logic still apply to
0: this? I think that um, when I was critical in the beginning, it was before I had the full context. Now reports have suggested, I don't know how, but they've come from reliable sources, that as you suggested earlier, that Matt Target was actually the one who pushed for the move, um, which changes things. I think if you have an unhappy player, um, as it seems again, it seems that Matt Target was, and he pushed for the loan. That does change the that just that completely flips it on his head a little bit. If you have an unhappy player, um, you can tell him to to you, well, you do one or two things. You 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 acquiesce to his wishes and you let him leave, as Aston Villa did with Matt Target, and you get rid of the problem, or you sit him on a naughty step and say, "Look, I don't care what you want. You sign the contract here. You'll stay. And you'll fight for your place." Now, Matt Target doesn't seem, doesn't seem, I don't know him, doesn't seem like the kind of person that would throw a strop and, and put anything less than 100%. He doesn't seem to be that kind of guy, but you never know. Um, but this was always the concern. Um, Luca Dean um, has picked up uh, an injury and now Ashley Young is left as kind of the only, the only senior left back and even he is not a, you know, a natural left back. In terms of you know, his whole career, he's, he's spent a very small portion of it as a left-back. So now we, we're we relying on a 37, 38-year-old to get us through a month's worth of fixtures. And it looks like a fine decision as long as Ashley Young continues to be okay and he continues to be fit. But if Ashley Young goes down, then all of a sudden we're playing a Premier League game, probably with Courtney Horse at left-back or young best Ben Cresseni. And then... <laughs> then you're starting to feel like it it might have been a bad decision but i think that Matt Target has proven his worth, um, lots of hate haters and, and doubters, people saying um, lots of things about him. Andy may have <laughs> speculated whether he couldn't play in front of a, an audience or a crowd, as it were. Well, he's playing very well in front of uh, 50,000 up at, at Newcastle, Newcastle absolutely flying and and uh, a good Newcastle friend of mine, uh, shout out to, um, to him, he knows who he is, has said that he's been a revelation, Matt Target that is, and that they can't believe that they how good he was they didn't realize he was this good a, a, a Premier League fullback so fair play to Matt Target it's just going to be down now to what happens next I guess Andy you know hindsight is always twenty twenty. I was concerned about the decision in the first place because it seemed like if Luca Dean goes down we're, we're stuffed Luca Dean has gone down now so we're going to see if Ashley Young at 37 or 38 years old is up to the rigors of being a Premier League left back for ninety minutes, week in and week out, for the next month or so.
1: Yeah, and that, that is the concern, I suppose. You can you can absorb one or two matches, can't you? And, and Ashley Young has come in, you know, um, in recent weeks and and done and done quite well um, at left back, and, and and been you know been been perfectly serviceable there. <clears throat> I suppose. Going back to Matt Target, I mean, yeah, I yeah, I have never been his biggest his biggest fan he's just he's just not a player that i've I've really taken to as such um I was very pleased when we signed Luca Dean um because I thought it was just a, a massive jump in quality and I think I think that the signs are that that is the case um but obviously when you when you replace a player when you sort of <laughs> There are two things that could have happened. You know, the first thing is Villa could have gone and got someone like Aaron Hickey from Bologna, um, signed him as a as a sort of co- as competition for the left back spot. Um, so that puts Matt, uh, Matt Target under a little bit of pressure, but it doesn't send out a message to him that um, we no longer want you at this football club or we no longer think you're good enough by going and signing the the, the French left back one of the best left-backs in the world, who's been one of the Premier League's best full-backs over the last three or four seasons, um, is actually a statement saying, <laughs> it's a bit of an attack on the player, isn't it? It's a bit of attack, an attack on Matt target, saying, you, you are now second choice. You will only play if this yeah. man's injured, and as soon as he's fit again, he'll be back in the team. There, there's, there was never any doubt as to where Matt Target stood. In that in that argument, in my opinion, and it was not necessarily with much of a future at the club. Um, I still think that's the case, and I think he'll go in the summer. But um, it's a shame because he's you know he's 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 put a hell of a lot of work into his game. He's done really well. He was, I think, player's player of the season last year. Felt richly deserved. You know, excellent excellent performer last season. This season, different story entirely. Very patchy, very in and out, poor defensively, um, very average going forward. Um, and maybe that was to do with being asked to play kind of different roles in a, in different systems and that sort of thing. But, you know, I th- we, we needed that jumping quality at, at left back and, and we got it. Unfortunately, in football, players get injured.
0: You know, what can you say? And... And you say jumping in quality, and I do not deny that Luca Dean is a, a, a level above Matt Target. But would you honestly say? And it's early days, so this isn't like a, a final kind of judgment. This is just based on the, the four or five games that Luca Dean's had. Would you say that he is a massive upgrade on Matt Target, and the the left back position has been revolutionised? Um, I think. I think yes. I, I do.
1: I do. I think he's. I think he's just got that. His, I mean, just his his touch, his control of the football, his, yeah. you know, his his movement, um, and yeah, his 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 ability in the in the final third final third is much better. Defensively, they're probably much of a muchness, you know. But that's why we didn't sign necessarily Luca Dean for his for his defensive qualities, did we? That has that has to be a a standard. With left backs these days, with 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 full backs, you know it's it's they increasingly judged on what they do at the other end of the field, um, which is what we've been saying well, about Matt Cash, you know, as well. I
0: would agree with you. I think his his touch, Luca Dean's touch, his 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 pass, his weight of pass, certainly his crossing, although we haven't seen a great deal of it because we've got, you know, uh, very small players as forwards for most of the time. I definitely I would say that was a level above. Uh the but I would say that 1v1, and again it's first impression, one v one, Luca Dina's looked very suspect to me. He when when a, a winger's running at him, I'm not confident he's gonna he's he's gonna necessarily do do well. So I think probably Matt Target I would give the nod there defensively. Um so I suppose it's just it's it is swings and roundabouts, isn't it? It's it's in Gerard's system the a lot of the attacking impetus is is on fullbacks um, and Luca Dean is better at that. So I guess that is gonna be that is gonna be what wins out the day. But um I think to have them both, to have them both in the building, as might be the case, come the summer. <laughs> probably won't. <laughs> Looks like he's gonna sign for Newcastle I'm at Target. Um, that could be really exciting for us to because then you have real strength in depth. I'll ask you the second question that I wanted to ask, which is on the tip of the tongue of every listener. They're thinking it right now, Andy. I'm thinking it. <laughs> Based on what you've said about Matt Target, fair to say, Andy, you've been less than complimentary about Matt Target. You've also been less than complimentary about Freddie Gilbert. Both of these players will be back in the door in preseason training, assuming they don't be sold in, in in June or July at, at, to Bodymore Heath. Andy, you've got to kick one of them out the door and you've got to incorporate one of them back into the squad. Do you love Matty Target more? Or do you love Freddie League One Gilbert more? No, I I'd, I I'd, I'd, I'd certainly take.
1: If it was a choice between the two, I'd certainly take Matt Target back. I think. Uh, yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah, I don't think you had um, it in first. Yeah, I mean, he's he's quality wise, and I've talked about how Luca Dean is a step up in quality for uh, ahead of Matt Target. Matt Target is light years ahead of Freddie Gilbert.
0: Um, no, Freddie Gilbert is, is improved since we last <laughs> saw him, Andy. He's a different beast. I promise. I promise you. <laughs> I okay. Yeah, let's let's
1: let's stick him in first five games of next season and see how we, see how we get on. But you know, well, we may need to if uh, if if Cash, if Cash is playing for Simeone at Atletico. The, the thing is, the thing is in football, Craig. Um, you never know, and you never really want to be burning bridges with with anyone because you know. If the last week or so um, watching what's happened to Chelsea hasn't highlighted it enough, is that any club's bubble can burst at any moment for any reason, um, and you know you might be relying on players. We've we've been there before. You know, we have, we, yeah. we we were almost in a in a situation where we would have been having to field quite a lot of disgruntled. Um, reserve players and and youth players um you know had had our had our new owners not not come in when they did um so it can happen and you have to be ready for anything and you know i I'm not a fan of Gilbert but um anyone who who wants to pull on the jersey for Aston villa um, is is more than welcome and I'll give him a fair shot if he was to come back I just don't think he'd be much good <laughs> you know that's uh, that's um, that's my view um, <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> but yeah I'd take Have you heard it here i I'd take us? Matt Target if everything being equal I'd take Matt Target back uh, ahead of him and um, but I mean, the, the, we won't. Uh, there was wasn't an awful lot to talk about in the first half, but the second half went went along uh, similar lines uh, in many ways with both sides having their moments. Uh, Danny Ings went went closest for Villa with a chance, um, saved from a corner, and Emi Martinez made yet another incredible save from from uh, Zuma. With, <laughs> he's, he's, I think he's been charged by the RSPCA today, which um, which is yes. good news. Um, with Dawson then uh, heading the follow-up over the bar. On 70 minutes, there was a, a special moment really for West Ham's Ukrainian legend uh, Yarmolenko um who finished well um to make it 1-0, and then 4-0 4-0s made it made it 2-0 12 minutes later um to take the game away from Villa. I mean, firstly, it's hard to begrudge Yarmolenko in circumstances, um, but how do you assess Villa's Villa's Role in this they're defending here avoidable or just two two good goals and 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 how did Gerard's substitutions affect the outcome, do you think?
0: I think there's been a lot of um there's been a lot of uh upset and disquiet about Gerard's substitutions. I think that they were not as proactive as they, they could have been. And I think that um, that 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 is probably something that you're going to get from from Gerard. There is an element to him being a a, a young manager at this level. He's coming up against the likes of Roy Hodgson, uh, Eddie Howe, David Moyes. That must have a thousand games between them as as managers at Premier League level. Yes, Gerard has one of the greatest Premier League careers as a player of all time. No questions uh, there um but he's still a newcomer as as a manager and we have to remember that there was concerns my personal concern about Gerard was I, I think i described Aston Villa as being his kind of crash test dummy um in the premier league and you can see that Gerard has something about him that 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 that, that is really quite compelling and i think that he's going to be a really good manager but i think there's going to be times as we saw where the kind of old, wily veterans like Samoyes and, and Hodgson and, and people like that, is sometimes are just going to get one over on him just because of that naivety and just because of that youngness. And that's something that will correct itself, I think, from Gerard when he gains more experience. Um, Hodgson said, actually, in his post-match interview after the Watford uh, defeat, that Gerard will be much better next season for these these experiences. And I I agree, so I agree with that sentiment too so i do think that Gerard's substitutions could have been better but i'm not i don't think they were like criminal i don't think it was like you know outrageously bad i i, I think ings probably should have come off and maybe an extra midfielder on or uh, or or Deer on earlier but you know it wasn't like calamitous so i don't want to be too harsh on gerard there um agree with the the yarmolenko sentiments some absolutely incredible things happening in in europe at the moment and um and Obviously, this isn't the, the place that you come listener for political views and news, but, um, you know, some of the atrocities being committed um, over there at the moment really bring a, a tear to the eye. So, absolutely, don't re- begrudge Yamalenko his, his goal in any way, shape or form. Would have preferred it came in a 3-1 defeat <laughs> for him, <laughs> but, you know... You know, you know, if I'm being honest, if my Aston Villa goggles on, but you no, know, I don't begrudge him the goal. It was also a lovely goal. I was looking over the, the the first goal, the Armalenko goal. Should someone be closer to him? Yes. Should he be allowed to turn like that? No. So there should have been someone on him. Probably Callum Chambers, actually, if <laughs> we're being fair. I think probably Callum Chambers should be up his backside a little bit more. Um, But he wasn't. But you have to... The, the one motion, control, turn, swerve and deft finish into the corner, it was actually a very, very good goal. And sometimes you have to hold your hands up. I know that I like to give, say the Aston Villa goal giveaway club. This wasn't an Aston Villa goal giveaway club. This was a player with an excellent technique um, of turning and finishing. Probably um, the, the ball into his feet, into our box was a bit bit easy. So midfielders are a little bit AWOL at that point, but a good goal. The second goal, Summed up the match for me, Um, and I'm looking at the. We're we're pushing for for an equaliser, so you can understand. Ashley Young is is caught in no man's land. Doesn't have the legs to get back. Target may have. Um, It was actually Ashley. It was it was Ashley Young's man who scored the second goal. Four nails. Let's be fair. Um, He couldn't get back Ashley Young, he was too high Matt Cash was high as well Uh, Leon Bailey turns over the ball really, really cheaply Trying to buy a foul from a referee who wasn't given any fouls Which wasn't the smartest decision in the world And then the next thing I'm looking at is John McGinn John McGinn gets danced past by Declan Rice And this is the separation between West Ham and Aston Villa Gerard said it was stature I think stature's part of it but I just think West Ham were far more streetwise. I think if that had been McGinn charging through and West Ham were over overexposed like that, Declan Rice or, or Sushek would have kicked John McGinn in the air, took the booking, reset, and made sure they didn't concede a goal. John McGinn, a little bit naive. I mean, John McGinn isn't shy about getting a booking normally, but what John McGinn has to do there when he can see in his periphery, Baylor's ahead of me, Cash is ahead of me, Watkins is ahead of me, Coutinho's ahead of me, Ashley Young's ahead of me. He can see the whole pitch from where he stood, McGinn. He needs to know, if all those players are ahead of me, there's no one behind me. <laughs> so if Declan Rice gets past me, it's a problem. And he has to take, he has to clean Declan Rice out, take the book in, allow Villa to reset. And that's what West Ham were doing. West Ham were dirty. They were, they were thuggish, actually, in that match at times. There was forearm smashes. Douglas Ruiz had his mouth uh, uh, busted open by a high foot and the referee was letting it go and, and and West Ham it's kind of a David Moyes trait actually if you think back to his Everton teams Kim Tim Cahill was a nasty bastard Fellaini was all elbows and 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 rough physical Gravison, Joseph Yobo Phil Jagielka like David Moyes has nasty Yakubu was one of the biggest strongest beasts we ever had in the Premier League as a striker underrated Yakubu was David Moyes does this his teams are they're they're, they're right on that line of physicality aren't they Andy? whereas we weren't we were just too nice too soft and I think the second goal is, 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 is the problem there someone has got to kick someone in the air and I think that someone has to be John McGinn and also Bailey shouldn't go down so easy the second goal was certainly avoidable
1: yeah, I think um, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm I, I always come from um, when I watch football, I always come from the the point of view of the the attacker, um, and I enjoy a, a good goal. You know, a, I'm always one to give the credit to the attacker more so. I know we have debates on here about you know. Y- Villa's defending, as opposed to 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 the attacking side of of things, and um, we've had a few few discussions about that. And I, th- I agree. I think the Yarmolenko goal was was just a superb uh, finish. Really, um, I think very few players, you know, pull that off. Um, and he's he's obviously one of those that has has got that in his locker, um, and and a, and a great moment for him. But yeah, I, looking at the second goal, it's just. It, it, it's it's one of those where you think maybe McGinn can do it, like you say, maybe he can he can take Rice out. But we have to remember who we're talking about as well. We're talking about Declan Rice, who's for me one of the players of the season. I just think he's on a different level in terms of every midfielder in the Premier League I think he's I think I I, I, I think he's the he's the top man Um, and I think he just gets away I I really do I'm not entirely sure I'm not entirely sure McGinn
0: has an option I don't know a a rugby tackle him (laughs) grab his grab his shirt pull him down yeah do you know what? Do whatever you what. Do whatever you do whatever you can. Yes, it might be a bit of a physical mismatch, but John McGinn is normally not one no. that's scared of that. He's normally happy to take a booking. Yeah. He gets booked quite a lot. So I just thought, mm. it, it, I, I was just thinking that John McGinn needs to be. I, I was just trying to put the boot on the other foot, and I thought, okay, if this is John McGinn breaking away, and Declan Rice or Susek is there, and they see all these attackers ahead of them. It means I think they have the awareness. Okay, that means there's no one behind me. This is a counterattack. This I'm not on a yellow, so I can do it. I'm taking this guy out, hook or crook. I I uh, I just think that, but that was not the that. I mean that I'm not, I'm not trying to be super harsh. on McGinn. again, it was symptomatic of the whole team. West Ham were like men. They were it was it was men against boys. And and some of that is about stature, as I said, as as Gerald alluded to, but some of that is just about now it's about streetwise. It's about being a bit a little bit dirty, a little bit nasty. And, and and West Ham, they must be horrible to play against. You've got a couple of big a couple of big brutes at the back there with Dawson and the cat to abuse a Zuma. And um, and 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 the the two giants in midfield with Suszek and Rice, it it is, and and Antonio is a physical specimen as well up front. It must be quite a daunting proposition. You you, you definitely know you're in a game after playing them a lot.
1: Oh, absolutely, and like you say, that's how Moyes builds his teams, and unfortunately for us, it's not how Dean Smith builds his teams. And at the moment, <laughs> I think Gerard is. I mean, he talks about stature. I think. I think there's more. There's definitely more to it than that. You don't. You, I think gone are the days where you just have, um, where teams have these big lumps in midfield. Um, I know. I know. Obviously, West Ham have got two, but they're they're these these are talented footballers. They're not in the team. Rice and Sushek are aren't in the West Ham team because they're big guys. They're in the team because they're really clinical operators. You know and um, Quality players. I I just when you start, it worries me when when we when people start talking about um, the size of players, unless unless maybe you're talking about a goalkeeper, but even then, these days it's, it doesn't really come into it. Um, I think what you want is players who have the right amount of of aggression, but also the right amount of. Um, Accuracy without aggression, and 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 that's what that that's what we're looking at really. Obviously, McGinn has aggression, but he's missed one there, you know, and 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 that's that's obviously caused us a problem. But I mean, what do you think about? that? I mean, because you know, Gerard's saying he's after stature; he wants he needs more stature in his team. Do you think? Do you think he does just mean he just wants a bigger team, or you know, what what what's he talking about when he says
0: that? Well, I think that I, I I I took it to mean he he wanted physically bigger players, physically more dominant in, individuals. Um, that was my reading of it. Um, but he could also stature can mean lots of things. He could also mean players of the stature of of Philip Coutinho, for example, F- uh, players of the stature of Luke Luca Dean, you know, France international, World Cup winner, as you alluded to earlier, Andy. So players who have stature in the game and are you know big. You know, ready for that kind of fight. So it, it could have a double meaning, but I personally took it to mean he meant we need, you know, some bigger players because when you're lining up with, you know, I think we finished finished the game with Bailey, Brendia, Coutinho, uh, 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 McGinn on the pitch, um, Ashley Young even himself. Matt Cash, none of those players are particularly large or physically imposing. So yeah. that was what I took it to mean. But you know, I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of, I sort of get that. I just think, you know, you can get confused with, you know, getting the right, the right quality in, can't you? And and it's a bit confusing as well because in a, in essence, he does have. I mean, S- Sanson's not a small player by any by any means, and um, he doesn't play. Um, Chukwameka is is you know about a foot taller than than Jacob Ramsey, um, and he doesn't play. So I, I I just find it a little bit a little bit a little bit of a strange thing to say. I think what we need is more more aggression and more accuracy in the midfield, and 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 that would be
0: um, and the, also quality as well, Andy. I, yeah. you, we can go down to League Two and probably sign a couple of big brutes for 500,000 and stick them in and, and they'd be physically fearsome. But if they don't have the technical football ability to, to play at the level, you, you know, you're kind of stuck. Yeah.
1: And we do have those players, don't we? Obviously we have Douglas Louise, you know, who is a, a technically a, a wonderful player, but, um, you know, perhaps just lacks a little bit of that, that toughness in there. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Well, well, third Arsene. Well, yeah, he, he, he doesn't have the physical stature and he's not necessarily, and he isn't a, A dirty player. He's more. He will do more. The Fernandinho foul. You know, cheeky little shirt pull. He's also not shy of taking a booking. Third mention here for Arsene Wenger, as you brought him up at the top of the show. His Arsenal team was probably the best example I can think of off the top of my head of that balance. They were big. They were strong. I mean, Henri was a big man. Vieira, Sol Campbell, Lauren, Colo, Torre uh 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 Jens Lehmann they were a they were like they were like a moist team on steroids they're a moist team with just this incredible ability you could never bully them you could never outpower them or outmuscle them because they were just so even Pires, he had a cup of coffee at aston villa he was a, he was 6 foot plus so we 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 it is possible to get the balance right obviously the arsenal invincibles are a, a very extreme example but there are big players that have great technical ability and have that winning attitude and have that kind of dirty winning mentality that we saw from, from the likes of Rice and Suchek and Dawson even. Um, so it's just about maybe identifying a couple more players like that to augment the, the the players we already have, just so we have a little bit more "quote unquote" stature. Yeah, yeah.
1: Possibly we'll see we'll see what they come up with in the summer and see see how that how that goes. But um, I mean, Villa did attempt to make a bit of a comeback and, and press forward, um, and they made the breakthrough in injury time after some some tenacious play by Buendia, um, led him uh, to set up uh, Jacob Ramsey, who finished superbly from the edge of the box. Uh, Ramsey was undoubtedly one of the top f- performers um, on the day, but with Buendia and Bailey making appearances and Traore still on the bench, how can Gerard start to get the most out of the, the talent that's available to him? Um, and what future do you see for these big signings who have, have found themselves somewhat out of favour?
0: The same, same as I said earlier about about um, For the likes of Buendia and Bailey and Traore, it's about biding your time. It's about taking your chance uh, when it comes. And and the chance will come. Again, we are we are ripe for a COVID outbreak at any time. We just had a match against Southampton where Dean and uh, Konza were taken out the, the, the starting 11. It's not inconceivable that Ings and Watkins could be the next victims, in which case probably Brendia and Traore or Brendier and Bailey will find themselves starting on the weekend against Arsenal. The the players have to take the example of, of Callum Chambers here. Stay ready, stay hungry, because the opportunity will come. Injuries are going to happen, suspensions are going to happen. There will be more COVID uh, uh, positive tests in the Villa squad, I'm sure, uh, it, before the season is out. So when the opportunity comes, it, it sounds a little bit cliche and a little bit cheap, but you, you do, you have to make the shirt your own and make yourself... Undroppable, and and for Traore or Bailey or, or Buendia, your job is to make sure that uh, when you do get the opportunity, it's it's Ings and Watkins watching on from the bench as you're you know banging banging goals into the top corner as Konza's had to sit out in the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I think um, as well with these players, I, I I look at Buendia. I mean, he looked like he, he, he kind of he, he had a real effect on the game when he came on. He really kind of changed it. A little bit in Villa's favour, and obviously um, he was great for the for the goal. Lovely bit of play um, for that goal. I just wonder whether whether his 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 future lies in a in a deeper role, perhaps in the midfield. Um, he seems to have a lot of those attributes. I mean, we were talking about aggression. He certainly has aggression, doesn't he? And I just wonder <laughs> yes. whether you know he's not quite. He, he, I wouldn't say he's, he's clinical. I know he got an assist on Saturday, on Sunday. Um, I just wonder whether some of his his, his, his sort of close control, passing um, ability to move in tight spaces, that sort of thing might might sort of benefit him more in a in one of those midfield roles. I don't know what you think.
0: I think there's always room on the pitch for good players. I think that the problem Buendia has is that with Coutinho and him on the pitch. It, did, it went very badly. And I don't think that's necessarily Buendia's fault or Coutinho's fault, but Villa won one game in eight. And obviously Gerard became, came. I wouldn't say under pressure, but certainly came with, under scrutiny because one win in eight is not good enough for Aston Villa when they have the squad of players available that they have available at this moment in time. So it had to be a situation where uh, Buendia, although he's probably our best player on, in those eight games overall, uh, or certainly one of the best players, he made way. And so... Now, I suppose the question is, can Buendia force his way back in? I think he can. I think cameos like uh, we saw uh, where he did really come on at West Ham and affect the game are going to stand him in good stead. And I, I think that Gerard does like his two number 10s to be playing. And I think that we will see it before long. We could even see it against Arsenal at the weekend. I think that the, the, the Arsenal certainly offer less of a physical challenge as adversaries than uh, than West Ham do it's going to be a more technical game uh, against Arsenal so having two technical players on the field dovetailing in the likes of uh, uh, Buendia and and Coutinho could be just the recipe needed to 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 uh, deal with with Arsenal
1: yeah and obviously we we'll, we will we'll move on to Arsenal now um on Saturday as uh, as as Villa welcome um Mikel Arteta's men uh, For the early kick-off kickoff, um, With the Gunners in great form And looking like favourites Possibly to take the top four place Although as we're recording now They have just lost to Liverpool At home uh, 2-0 Arteta's young side Um Embarrassed Villa earlier in the season I think it's fair to say um, Prior to the manager change So Gerald will be looking to show That he has helped Villa turn the corner um, And really get his first big scalp As Villa boss With Luca Dina out Dina out, um, Ashley Young will Probably come in at left back um, Whilst there are also questions over Douglas Luiz who sustained a, a Quite a nasty looking facial injury After uh, Lanzini Kicked him in the face Um, on Sunday are there any other changes you would make and how do you think Gerard should um, counteract Arsenal's attacking threat here
0: Um, I would like to see um, uh, Sanson given a chance as as some people would Uh, Arsenal have wonderful attacking threat I think actually having Ashley Young who is less adventurous generally and Luca Dean might help us be a little bit more solid I think that the uh, I think that the that the fullbacks are going to have to guard the shop a little more against Arsenal because their their strength does come largely in wide areas with with Saka and, and Smith Rowe and Odegaard being uh, particularly dangerous in 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 wide areas probably Odegaard slightly more centrally um so Arsenal are 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 dangerous um they have dangerous good technical players Saka an incredible talent Smith Rowe uh, an incredible talent who, uh, who who Villa wanted to sign <laughs> last summer. We talked a lot about that. So I think that you you counteract that by keeping a good solid shape, and I think that you punish them when they do give you opportunities. And Arsenal will always give you opportunities. And I think that perhaps this could be the game where the new, t- new number tens, as I just mentioned, works. Maybe this is the game where uh, Ings takes 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 a break again. And Gerrard goes back to to Coutinho and Buendia. or maybe it's a, a case of Leon Bailey. Maybe he did enough in his cameo against West Ham to to come on. And, and what Bailey does have, which not many other players at Villa really do, is that genuine, genuine pace. Pace frightens people; it frightens defenses. And and at a pace a, a player like Bailey means that Arsenal can't play a high line because he's so quick and can get in behind. And then. If you if if Arsenal defenders then need to need to sit deeper, that logically gives more space in the, in the central areas for the likes of Coutinho and Benteke to pick up the ball and and hurt them and John McGinn as well, who has real quality, you know, from long distance shooting, and of course uh, Jacob Ramsey. So could we see Sanson? come in as a number eight alongside Ramsey and McGinn be the sitter not McGinn's favored role as we know or is this the return of Esri Konza and is this the first time we see Callum Chambers used as that number six um, so it'll be interesting to see but I think given obviously the fact that Dini is out given the fact that Douglas Luiz has apparently had to have some kind of facial uh, uh, or uh, reconstructive surgery or plastic surgery to repair his lip um, and again, as we spoke about already today, who knows what's gonna happen with COVID and those other things. I think there will be there will be some changes and I think it will be an interesting game. Gerard has yet to beat anyone in the top half of the league, I think save Southampton, um, which is a, a habit that Dean's I'm not, you know, I'm not bashing Gerrard it's just you know it's early days whereas Dean Smith had a really nice habit of beating Arsenal and you know got wins against uh, Liverpool, uh, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal etc etc Tottenham um so Gerrard can do that that would be um that would be good you know so um so, so let's see. I think there will be changes. I think Arsenal are the team maybe to try something a little bit different, and um, and 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 maybe we'll see see some exciting things happening at Villa Park. Well, you'll see. You'll be there, Andy, in person. I will be. I'll have to get up early, and uh, but not as early as you. <laughs> not guess. as early as me. <laughs> no, On a Saturday uh, morning. Yeah,
1: yeah it's uh, football. Premier League breakfast for you at the weekend, I guess. Um but no, I I think um it depend a lot depends on Douglas Louise and whether he's whether he's fit to play. I mean he's presumably had his his injury um sorted out. I mean it just depends how safe it is for him to play with, I suppose. And and um I mean he finished the game, didn't he? Pretty much on uh, on Sunday. So, you know, yeah. I mean it just depends how bad it is. You know, he they might he might be okay, in which case I'm sure um he will start the game. Um a lot of people saying they they want to see Sanson in. I think we, we say it every week. He just doesn't seem to 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 ever be be trusted enough um at this point. And I think with Buendia, I would like to see Buendia play on 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 Saturday. But I think having kind of found a a bit of a system that works for, for Ings and Watkins. It'd be a, quite a big decision to potentially take those, those, those match winners, one of those match winners, goal scorers off, off the field. I'm not sure how, how he, how he would feel about that. I feel like Leon Bailey's just a million miles away from a start. I don't see how we fit him in the side, um, unless there's an injury. I really don't. And, uh, You know, and apart from that, everything everything goes around Coutinho, and we're just hoping that he's okay. Um, Yeah, that's the main that's the main thing because if he's in the side, um, it feels like we've got a chance against anyone. um, You know, and certainly you know he's he's of the he's of the right quality he's a, a, the absolute right quality who can who is a player that can can really hurt arsenal so um but all those players anyone who played in the game earlier in the season will be wanting to um make a statement um in this game because they were absolutely appalling um at the emirates earlier in the season particularly in the first half absolutely dreadful one of the worst performances um certainly one of the worst under Dean Smith. Um really not good enough and and um hopefully they'll be back. Um anyone who played in that game will be will be raring to sort of uh, put that right um on Saturday. But do you wanna just give us a a quick prediction, Craig, for this one? Ooh, I'm gonna go one one, one all draw. One one. I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna what am I gonna say? I'm gonna say two one villa. I think, uh, yeah, I, fan, I fancy us to to turn them over again, um, and I think uh, I fancy Ollie Watkins to get a goal, and obviously, um, big Phil Cuttino. Loves a goal
0: against Arsenal. Does uh, Ollie Watkins? He certainly the team does. He supports, apparently, he certainly does.
1: Yeah, and possibly the team he might be playing for next season, if, uh, <laughs> if reports yeah. are, uh, are to be believed. Um, but so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But but thanks, Craig, for for joining me today. Um and uh thanks to everyone for listening. Um remember to check out our website, under a gaslit lamp, for all the um for all the the latest match reports and articles on the uh the villa, various villa teams and give us a follow on the socials. Um if you are go into the game on Saturday, have a have a great early early part of the day at least. Um enjoy the game and we'll be back next week to 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 review and, and, and see how things have gone. So all the best, take care, stay safe and up the villa.